Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversations. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion. And throughout our career as songwriters and producers, we've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible rising artists. Talking Lion is about hitting record on the conversations we've had with our musical friends and collaborators to get a glimpse into what their life's been like and where it's going. A few reminders before we start. Firstly, we now have a Patreon for fans of the show to show their support and help keep the show going. As a Patreon subscriber, not only will you earn rewards, but you'll also gain exclusive access to a chat room in our Discord server. Here you can talk with us and even suggest questions for our guests. Go to patreon.com slash talkinglion to subscribe. We appreciate your support. As we mentioned, we also have a Discord server that's become a sort of community hub for Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. We're very active on there and very eager to talk to you about who you are on the show and how you feel about the new episodes, as well as just talking about life. So yeah, come through and you can talk with us. You can make some new friends, share your art, and share your memes. Go to sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord to join our server. We hope to see you there. Lastly, our face is on a shirt. We have shirts now for Talking Lion with our faces on them. If you want to wear us on your shirt, Buy a shirt. It helps support the show and it shows your friends that you like Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. You can find these shirts on our website, sleepinglionmusic.com slash store. Pro tip, Patreon supporters of the honorary lion tier or higher will get a free shirt. Now back to the show. We recorded this episode with our good friend, Charlie Curtis Beard. I first saw Charlie on TikTok and I was so impressed that I reached out to him over DM. We became internet friends for a couple months and this is the first time we got a chance to meet in person. Since then, we've become fast friends. We've hung out and collaborated a lot and we even did a house show together. With that said, this episode was recorded following the release of his EP, Rain in Pasadena. Likewise, he had just won Sad Alex's remix contest for her song, I'm Glad That You Found Someone, featuring Nash. Quickly becoming one of our close friends, Charlie is one of the most talented, passionate, and hilarious people we know. We hope you enjoy the beginning of our friendship, and we can't wait to show you what comes with it. So, without further ado, oh my! I'm Charlie Curtis Beard, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hey. How's Hello. it going? Hi, guys. I, I'm not going to lie. I was like nervous today. I'm like legitimately a fan. Like I I, I found you on TikTok and I, I just, everything you post is awesome. I ain't, uh, no. We're coming. <laughs> we're coming. We're coming. <laughs> we're coming. No, no. It's, it's, it's like weird. Like a year ago, a year ago today, like I didn't have any of the stuff like that I have now Um, in like as terms of like, I guess, clout goes you know um so nobody was like saying that kind of thing to me <laughs> um and like it's so weird I, I feel like i'm still like i am like normal as fuck yeah it's just weird to me too like it's weird for me to like hear that like i don't know i'm like not really anybody <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> and people are like i'm nervous this- to like meet you and like people say that to me now i I'm, like, I-, I will I will never forget, I was at one of these, like, Berkeley, Gram- like, not Grammy parties, it was just a Berkeley, like, music industry party. Catching up with all the people we went to school with and sort of seeing what they're doing in the industry. And I was just, I was sitting on the couch, just taking a moment to myself. And and some guy sits down next to me and starts talking, like, unprompted. Like, he just starts having a conversation with me. He's just like, he's like, you know, like, you know, the person, I was at the gym and I was looking at, like, the guy who's lifting 20 pounds and the guy who's lifting 50 pounds are, like, experiencing the same thing. Just they're capable of, like, lifting more. So, but they're, like, personal experience of lifting weight because everyone's always operating at their limit when it comes to, like, weightlifting. So it's like, once you once you can lift 20 pounds easily, then you lift 30 pounds. Once you can lift 50 pounds easily, then you're just lifting 50 pounds and you're always operating at the limit 
like theoretically you're operating in your comfort zone. I think like ev- like external success operates in a similar way where like you're always just doing what you want to do and trying to slowly expand your career. But the weight you're carrying in your internal battle every day to get up and do the damn thing is always the same. So well, even I, if those stuff changes around you, like you're still you I through lo- all I, of it. I love that quote from Men in Black too, where it's just like, you know, what'll you know tomorrow? Like I feel like right. I feel like if you look back a year from now at any point in your life, the best thing you could hope for is like, I didn't know we were here. I didn't know this <laughs> right. was gonna happen like a year from now, you know? Every time I think that I like things haven't gotten to where I wanted to go, I just think about where I'm having the problems I wish I had a year ago. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I'm having the problems I wish I, 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 I would, I would have died to have. Yeah, literally five years ago. Literally, so all like, I wanted to be was as a teenager is just to make music, and now I wake up every day and my like, job is we making make music. music. <laughs> and I try. I've really been trying, especially in the last like year or so, to just like be like be grateful for the fact that you get to do this because it's so cool. And every second I spend thinking it's not cool is kind of a waste of my energy. Like I'm trying to like always be thinking that it's pretty cool to be doing music all the time. What we're trying to say is you're pretty cool. And you're very cool. That's <laughs> really the point. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really grateful. Like, I was talking about this with someone earlier, how, you know, it was like New Year. And I was like, wow, 2020 really sucks. But like, I've come a long way this year. And it's crazy that like, we had to go through a whole pandemic in order for me to like, get my social media stuff together and really advance my career. Um, the way I see it now is just way different than I did last year. You know, last year I was trying to be the people that you guys kind of are, you know, just knowing everyone and being everywhere and like working a lot and like that works. But, you know, when a pandemic happens, you can't do that. So I was like, well, the last thing I can do is just make content every single day and make music every single day. And I'm just glad that it popped off. And now, you know, I have like the the blue check, right? <laughs> no, exactly. the, the the hundreds of thousands of followers, the 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 distribution, the the management, all that stuff that I didn't have a year ago. But I think also what's really cool, and and I think the reason why I first like got excited about what you're doing is that yeah, like you amassed a following, but you amassed it around sim- similar to Alex Engelberg, like you know, you amassed a following just around who you are and and the fact that you're good at what you do, which my sort of like, you know, Noah does TikTok more than I do. My like sort of issue in my stomach about TikTok when I was first sort of getting involved was I didn't, I didn't love the kind of talent behind some of the people who had millions of followers. But now it's kind of cool because like people like people like you are are getting those followings. And I also, you know, for, for what it's worth, I, I remember the first time we talked on the phone, I, I said, if this was normal times and you'd moved out to LA, you'd be playing these showcases and people would be losing their shit. Like that is that is the long and short of it. Like you'd be doing all the network stuff and be able to do that. So I'm glad that as like a consolation prize, at least the internet's like understanding what's up. But you know, I wouldn't even say it's a consolation prize. I think that there's something to be said for the fact that all of us creatives have been shut inside and really confronted with the question of how are you going to advance your career? I think that pressure has pushed a lot of people like, you know, in, in various directions. Like I'm learning to illustrate, you're learning to 3D like animate. I, I made a donut. <laughs> I, I started going, I started going into TikTok, which I never, it took me till December of 2020 to do, but I did. And I got a couple viral videos and I got attention from celebrities. And it's like, wait, I could just do this from the comfort of my bedroom. Like my life could change externally without me even leaving the space that I live and work in every day. Like that's kind of an amazing realization that everyone's kind of being confronted with right now. How did you kind of get into to TikTok? And, and I think what's really cool about you too is that you, you're involved in like TikTok communities. Yeah. So how did you kind of like, you know, how, how did you first kind of get introduced to this 
format and um and what's your kind of like mentality going into it so i just kind of started um because you know i just like needed something to do i guess i just couldn't stand the thought of like i don't know not going anywhere and like not advancing my career um because you know i'm getting older and i was like okay cool like i something has to happen here so i just decided to not only do it on instagram because i felt like instagram was like really hard to get followers on so i was like let's try out tiktok the format was similar to vine and i used to be vine famous sort of um i had about sixty thousand followers on vine in high school so that was fun. doing what you're doing now or, or oh doing... no my vines were horrible <laughs> they were terrible they some of them were problematic too i don't eh. uh <laughs> no they were they, was i was just style. i was just like doing dumb skits and like i don't know like doing like it wasn't it wasn't music based at all and when i started tiktok my page wasn't music based either it was very like okay cool i'm a personality i'm charlie you're gonna follow me just because i'm charlie um then i met alex engelberg uh through tiktok i saw one of his videos and i was like oh cool like let me you know hop on this and make a beat out of it and like remix it. And then that took off. And then I was like, oh, great. I can do music on TikTok. And then I just kind of did it from there. Uh, just started rapping more on there. And then people liked it. And then I did more and more and more. And I couldn't stop. <laughs> you, I mean, you just kept showing up on my For You page, like, and, and on my friends For You pages. Like, it was just, it was anything that could be sort of like duetted with or like reference like you were on it it was really really cool yeah for a while there that was like what i did i just did raps over like what people tagged me in which was cool but it's not as enjoyable as like just doing what you want to on there yeah and the app is stressful enough it just kind of like at the point where i needed to just do what i wanted to yeah i got into music tiktok um just by you know knowing people and you know having their number and them inviting me to like game nights and we all hang out. You're just in the community, you know, mm. you see them on the for you page, interact with them and you have all like, everyone has each other's numbers. We just, you know, yeah. It's a cool, we've hit up some people from TikTok, but like we had Ella Jane on here. Mm-hmm. Um, how we probably should have Alex Engelberg on here at some right. point. Um, you probably you know. should. Alex yeah. He's he's like like he, he he's influenced an entire like sector of uh, of TikTok. He's one of the no, many billboards. I'm not even and... telling you. I'm not even lying to you. When we all say that Alex Engelberg brought us together, it's because he did. He did. <laughs> yeah, he straight up did. We are all like we all constantly remind him like, oh, we wouldn't all know each other if it weren't for you. He was well, like the first, he was one of the first music people that like that were mutuals with me on TikTok. Right. So well, it's, I, I didn't even really talk to him. Like whenever he like likes my, something I say on Twitter, I'm like, I get really excited. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still, I'm still at the, here, here's the fun fact, man. Like I talk incessantly, but I'm always nervous to like hit people up because like, I know it's weird to hit people up sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's like a whole, sometimes it's like a whole thing. Um, and I'm not even like worried about the rejection. I'm like, I'm not even worried about even looking stupid. I think I just know how to not do something. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I can just come weird. up with a reason to, like, not do something. always come up with a reason to not do something. <laughs> I, think that he, I think that he's the most approachable person. He's very versatile in what he does. I didn't realize his talent level until, like, recently when he started doing, like, these scores yeah. over, like... It's, ugh, he's you want to so, know when it hit dope. me? Sorry, when, I got no, it. <laughs> no, it, no it, it hit me when he... Alex did a video where he imitated five airport announcements 
Now, I've spent a decent amount of time in airports. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but there was one time where I had to spend 24 hours in Denver International Airport. I have had to camp in O'Hare with a broken heart. I uh, know JFK like the back of my own hand. He's going to write a song, <laughs> O'Hare with a broken heart. <laughs> O'Hare has made it into many of his songs. Can't oh, oh, I can. I. That sounds like a that sounds like a CCB album. O'Hare <laughs> with a broken heart. Broken heart. That's great. My, my shit is always like uh, existentialism on Lakeshore Drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 22 in Eden. Rain uh, in Pasadena. Uh, <laughs> There's always something somewhere. Sorry. The, the, to- the tortoise in O'Hare. that's your next record um no but you know uh he when he got to the denver international airport with the little piano riff i lost my shit i and i couldn't even like express it to anybody around me because nobody in my house had been to denver international airport (laughs) and had such an intimate relationship with hearing this specific jingle but i alex if you're listening i was losing my (laughs) shit and that was when I knew he was a talented motherfucker. That's so funny. Yeah, I could talk about Alex for hours. I, <laughs> I think I think we're 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 threatening to at this point. Yeah, um, it's just it, we're, this whole Charlie Curtis beard it's, it's episode actually, is actually Alex. Well, it's, it's an oral history of Alex. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to balance it out by talking about you more when we interview Alex. Yeah, yeah that's that's how we're gonna enough, do it. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna time travel a little bit before TikTok before anything you were born nice tell us about that somewhere how was that for you yeah like what's existent what was the sort of early uh understanding of existence like (laughs) Mm. well you're from nebraska yeah i am i'm from nebraska whereabouts in nebraska i'm from lincoln nebraska oh shit Uh, okay so like family of that's the capital right yeah i'll do it i'm the youngest of six um youngest how's your oldest sibling me i'm gonna have to burp here in a second Go for it. Uh, nice. I'm keeping that in. That's actually a really good burp. Yeah, you can use it for like sound effects or whatever. That's a whole synth. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I will do that. I, I will. We are uh, sampling the Charlie Curtis burp. The CCB. The CCB. <laughs> the, the, the best thing ever is like taking the, the beard and switching it out with like different names. Like it's just, it's the best. Anyways, well, if, um, you, if you ever want to get into like brewing, you do Charlie Curtis beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or uh, if I get uh, famous enough, making a a beard uh, moisturizing like, like a beard company, oil. yeah, like yeah, a beard yeah. oil, Charlie beard. beard oil, yeah. Or if, Charlie you, ever, if beard. you ever opened a film production company <laughs> that made exclusively horror movies, you'd be Charlie Curtis Fear. Okay. Yeah. 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 Making a comic or making a romance movie uh, that makes you cry, Charlie Curtis Tear. That's good. Oh, I I. Shakespeare in the Park with Charlie Curtis Beard, Charlie Curtis King Lear. Nice. Open up a steakhouse called Charlie Curtis Steers. <laughs> oh, I thought, it was, I thought it was Charlie Curtis Sear. That's pretty good too. <laughs> uh, uh, have a have a uh, pop up shop where people are loitering. Charlie Curtis Lear. Ooh, that's good. Hey, it's 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 you, uh, but doing a Ted Danson impersonation in a bar, in a Boston bar. It's Carly Curtis Cheers. Try, try one more time. Well, <laughs> Charlie Curtis, cheers. There. That's, 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 cheers. I, um, I respect that. <laughs> uh, it's Charlie Curtis Beard, but just acting like himself. Charlie Curtis Weird. Nice. Ooh. Nice, nice, nice. Is that all? Well, I'm just really grateful that you're one of our Charlie Curtis peers. Nice. <laughs> uh, 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 somebody buys a. Uh, 
pet that looks like Bambi, but names it after me, Charlie Curtis Deer. Yeah, that's great. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I didn't want to say deer. Anyways, okay, cool. Well, uh, if anybody's getting sick of this, I promise you that we're Charlie Curtis near the end. So, damn it. <laughs> He's so good. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you had the Charlie Curtis sheer audacity. Well done. <laughs> uh, you know, you get, the la- you, get the last- you get the last word on this. Are you done, Noah? I'm done. I'm done, yeah. All right, cool. Let's yeah, move well, on. Let's, <laughs> let, let, let's, let's Charlie Curtis veer into another topic uh which is oh, how old is your how old is your oldest sibling <laughs> oh we're all one year apart oh interesting that's awesome huh. so what was it like like growing up in nebraska i don't know anything about nebraska except for that they made a movie called nebraska, nebraska. and i don't um, even know what happened in that movie neither do i um not much and that, <laughs> not that's that's how my that's how my early life was not much you know i just like i i, I was raised in a church um so i never really like thought that I could do music as a career because I thought my parents would like disapprove um, and they wouldn't be supportive of it, uh, you know? So I feel like me and my whole family were really musical and like artsy, um, but, you know, being extremely like Christian, you know, we wouldn't know how our parents would react to it. Like, you know, me doing like a rap career or something like that. I even know I didn't want, I didn't even know I wanted to rap at the time. I just like wanted to do something like with music. It was always in front of me. Like, Are your other siblings in a creative path? We're all like artsy in our own way. Um, one of them does film stuff. Another one is the, another one of them is a musician. I'll I'll send you his at. Uh, he makes good music. And then one of them went to a culinary school. Um, is doing events and stuff. Oh, you awesome. could argue that's artsy. Yeah, I I, 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 would, I would argue, argue that. that it's culinary arts. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, a a fair a fair amount of us. Yes. But yeah, I mean, growing up just kind of wasn't motivated to do anything. You know, just kind of like how it was. Uh, because I just didn't. I realized now that it was because I didn't want to do anything other than music. But back then, I just kind of wasn't like, I didn't try hard at school. Um, I was just naturally good at something. So I, like, I didn't really put an effort to be better. Like yeah. I wasn't like that great of a student. I got like B's yeah. and C's, I guess. But yeah, the things that I shined in most was like poetry. Um, you know, I did some did poetry. You slam- oh, that's awesome. I did Louder Than a Bomb. Um, my t- my school yeah. won louder than a bomb. You know, louder than a bomb, yeah. Yeah. Okay, go. Yeah, I, you're in Chicago. I was, so so I, I I grew up in New York. I would go to the open mic, uh, like the poetry open mics in the village when I was a kid. Um, so I yeah I, I'm I'm I was very into slam poetry growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah. So we did um we had this uh chapter of louder than a bomb in Nebraska. Um, that was like also based around all the surrounding states. Um, so it was a good amount of schools I would join in. And our, my school was in it, and we won, like, two years in a row. That's awesome. And I won the individual championship. So I just knew I wanted to write. I loved writing. Mm-hmm. I always did. I, I never, like, really realized it, but I always loved writing all the time, you know? Um, well, and- one of the things I, I texted you when we first started talking is you're a meter freak. Like, and I think you get me like, you really get, like, into, like, there there are so- songwriters and rappers who who don't even understand how like into the weeds you can get on like about meter and and I feel like I'm not surprised you do slam poetry because to do slam poetry well you got to really get into the 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 meat and potatoes of of like meter stuff so that's that's awesome yeah I mean slam poetry you don't really have to have a rhythm which was nice and freeing like right. I'm like never having to fit anything within like a certain amount of beats yeah feels really good sometimes like yeah, that definitely. writing that writing was awesome because you could say what you wanted to say like exactly how you yeah you say different things yeah with, I, that's, with, I mean I, st- I still write a whole lot of 
slam poetry specifically mm-hmm. because I don't want to have to fit it into a exactly. song structure. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, that's, that could be rough about songwriting. But yeah, I think, you know, uh, I wasn't like uh, around too many other artsy people and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I was Vine famous for a little bit in <laughs> high school, uh, which is hilarious. Um, but everybody at my school really hated on me for Vine. I'm not even mm. playing. All my friends really didn't like it. And I was obnoxious, of course. I was like, do a Vine with me. Do a Vine with me. <laughs> right. um, forcing people to do Vines. <laughs> uh, um, but Did you know Gabe on Vine? Yeah, I did. So he, I went to school with him. I went to high school with him. Nice. So he, similar experience. Like he was bullied like crazy at our school. Um, yeah. But then he had this whole sort of other life of, of people really loving yeah. his content on the internet. So and now he's the one on TikTok that he's like, I know you've been up for a long <laughs> time. Too long, yeah. I didn't I didn't even know that, that like that was I, his, know I didn't even so know that was his thing. But like, yeah, he like like I had sort of mentioned it. He was he was like one of my first friends out of here because we went to high school together. And I just it's so it's so funny. Like it's hilarious. I, I had no you just idea. open up TikTok and he's like, he's there, You've been he scrolling for a long time. <laughs> He is the perfect person for that job. And though. everybody like, yeah. like goes on his page and is like, Gabe, looks like you've been scrolling for a while. <laughs> Take a break. He's, he's, so funny. He's, a, he's, a, he's a good guy. I think I think that the thing I'm like, like he, he went through hell in high school to have like a good life now. And I yeah. think that's just like, you know, yeah, the no, long and short of it. You I, know? Got, I got a lot of hate for doing that. And there were some friends that would do it with me often. They liked it. Um, but a lot of the closer friends I had like hated it. Like legit told me like, it's stupid. And I was like, Great. I went through that period. I didn't have a particularly, I was, I was in, I was at the peak of my pseudo intellectual, like annoying, contrarian, rebellious kind of thing in high school where I was just like, dude, like Vine, like that's dumb. That's for stupid people. Like I just didn't, I wrote it off completely without giving it any kind of consideration. And it's kind of crazy how people do that. Like, yeah, it, it's insane to me how I didn't realize that social media is a whole world of possibility yeah you just open yourself up to it exactly and i didn't realize that until a year ago it's so stupid like i'm so mad at myself i wish i could have spent all this time like in college doing the stuff i'm doing now because i would have been so much more farther along you know like i said i I get overwhelmed by things really really easily so when i was in high school and vine comes out i'm like oh well those are for middle schoolers and you know i'm i'm you know in my 20s now and and TikTok happens. I'm like, oh, those are for high schoolers, but it's not. I mean, everything is for everybody, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm missing out because I can talk myself out of anything. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Um. But if and if you don't mind me asking, like, Nebraska does lean right. Did you also growing up experience like like shitty racist kids? Um. Sometimes, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I Lincoln was pretty liberal, uh, obviously, because it's the only like one of the only two cities that are relevant (laughs) so like all the people live there are like pretty open-minded but yeah you know you have a lot of people that are close-minded i i grew up and just because i was like religious didn't mean that i leaned right um i was a very like i was liberal but also religious at the same time you know um that that makes more sense to me than than like a religious person leaning right because i feel like like what I know of Christianity, yeah, leans towards be good to people yeah, and like and take care of and take and, care of the poor yeah, and like yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so, but that's a whole nother. That's a whole, that's nother a whole conversation. Nother, that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's stories I have. Like one time, I got fired from Taco Bell because uh, someone called me the N word. Like one oh, of shit. the employees that I, like one of my coworkers, and I fought him because um, I was like 17. Um, and then I got fired, he got fired, but then he got hired back because his mom was the manager. Uh, so, uh, and I didn't get hired back. So, I mean, whatever. 
better <laughs> i don't care about working at taco bell that's like that's like discrimination with extra steps it, like, yeah it is it, it, it was it was weird but um yeah i mean we've all come on i guess not we've all but i've experienced that yes it, it, it just happens you know um that's just a part of being like in any kind of red state i guess but you know nothing like super nothing super you know crazy um to the point where you know, it was like, I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I'm trying to say that I didn't have it as bad as like some other people have had it. You know, there's been time where police have like been extra, like, you know, aggressive with me, but I was also being like stupid. But like, also, I don't know if it's because I was black. I never really thought of it mm. of it when I was younger. That stuff never really hit my head. I was like kind of far removed from it. Um, but the biggest thing about it was that I just didn't, I never felt in touch with my culture fully. You know, mm. like my family, all black and like, yeah, I could celebrate and do like my stuff with them. And like that was black culture, like just growing up black is black culture um, because you experience things that a lot of black people also experience, especially mm. if my parents being from the South. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. But like outside of that, I didn't have many black friends. I didn't have like many, you know, I didn't go to like any parties like I didn't go to any like social gatherings with all black people like that didn't happen until I went, went to Chicago. So I was like the the thing I experienced more most was just like being removed from my culture a little bit. I can't even give you a good answer because I wasn't really, you know, focused on racial or political issues right. as a high schooler. <laughs> I didn't really think about that stuff until I got older. So I, I can't remember what it was really like. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure I've experienced racism and just like didn't even realize it or yeah. like have forgotten about it. Right. Um, and that might be how common it is. And I just thought, oh, like that's life. You well, know, it's like the, <laughs> there's that uh that that uh David Foster well, it's not a it's not a quote, but it's like the this is water thing of right. uh of David Foster Wallace. Like a lot of people aren't even aware of like the most obvious stuff around them. Like I, I was I was saying before we started this, I didn't realize like I had grown up in a in a town that had been mm -hmm. sued by the Obama administration for being segregated. Like, right. I didn't know that because it was just the town I grew up in. Right. Well, you, I mean, I don't, don't get me started. Oh, don't get you started. <laughs> don't get me started. I, you know, this guy, I, this guy grew up in Africa. Like, you know, I, yeah. I, grew, I grew up as a little, a little kid, uh, in, in a post kind of colonial, like ex colony, <laughs> like British colony, independent country ruled by a military dictator who was reclaiming lands that was stolen by colonial settlers in some sense. So when I was a kid, all, but all I knew as a kid was, you know, all, all that was filtered down and explained to me is like, oh, well, they're, they're, they're coming, the people with guns, and they're coming onto white people's farms and taking them away from the white people. And I was like, that doesn't seem like a good thing. And my parents had to be like, well, it's a little bit more complicated than that because <laughs> they actually, it's just the long history of colonialism and racism. And I was like, but what, like, just my little seven-year-old brain couldn't process hundreds of years of colonial history and why certain people with guns were taking people's lands away. Right. And I was just like, okay. And like, there's all kinds of shit like that from my childhood that I'm only now processing in therapy of just like, I don't, there's so much to unpack about being, <laughs> being an American in, in Southern Africa. Yeah. It's going to take, it's going to take a couple of years to, to fully flesh that idea. And out, I don't but... envy your parents or your therapist <laughs> no, as a general. It's a, it's a Tell me about moving to, to Chicago. That's where I finally felt like I was. I just me. saw you light up. Yeah, I just I saw I just saw your face beautiful. just Chicago. like Chicago. Oh man. I love that city, man. I, I moved there because I was listening. I mean, like, 
Okay, first, I always felt like I had a connection to Chicago, and I can't explain it. It was weird. I just always liked it. Like, mm. when I was in, like, when I was in middle school, I was like, I want to go to Chicago. Just my best friend from childhood was from Chicago, and he was, like, in a really rough part of Chicago, so him and his family moved and got, like, came to Nebraska so they could live a better life, obviously. So he was like, yeah, it's, it's all right, <laughs> you know? Um, he's being, like, nice about it, but, like, you know, I was like, oh, no, I, I love Chicago. I want to do it. So, you know, um, <laughs> uh, we took my my sister's a year older than me and we took her to move into college at uh, Kindle, um, which is like a culinary school in Chicago. And we, we, we took her to move in. And then I went to go visit Columbia College Chicago. Um, and I just fell in love. I just fell in love with the city. I was like, this is so beautiful look there's a gigantic lake and all these buildings and it's like so many people that look like me and like not like white hicks and (laughs) and 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 it's awesome and there's all these artsy people and my school is literally right downtown and this is so dope um and i was like can i move tomorrow um (laughs) and then i had to wait a year to move obviously but yeah i just i just I loved it. I always wanted to go there. And I learned that like Chance the Rapper was from there. And that was back in 2014. And, you know, a year earlier, Acid Rap had dropped. Right. And then I learned about Vic Mensa. And uh, I was just like, uh. me, I, I was more obsessed with Vic Mensa than Chance. I was like, I don't know if you know Internet Tape, but I was listening to that on repeat nonstop over and over. And I just like, okay, I want to be like, I want to be a rapper like this. Like, that's when I really started falling in love with hip hop when I was like, oh my God, underground hip hop artists are so dope. And then I just kind of like dove in even more. Before then I loved hip hop and rap, but I just like listened to kind of the mainstream stuff. Um, But that kind of just like, like exposed me to a whole new world of stuff. And I was like, man, Chicago's where it's at. So I moved and I went to Columbia and it was like such a good decision for me. I I needed that. I didn't want to come to LA, (laughs) which is where I am now, but (laughs) I didn't I didn't want to come to LA. My my initial thought process was too much competition. Hmm. I realized that's naive because to, competition means more opportunities, but I didn't mm. really piece that together yet. But in Chicago, I, I thought there'd be like the same amount of opportunities. Mm. Um, so I was just like, cool, let's just do that. It'll be easier to rise in Chicago. Um, so I just moved there and it was awesome. It's like, it's like a small town, but a big city. Yeah, It really does feel like that. Such a good city, and I miss it so much. I love it. I got into hip hop because my brother, my 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 tastes leaned towards like folk music and film music and all that, whatever. Um, and then event pop when we started doing this thing. My brother like just loved hip hop, and like the the more underground, the better. Like he was involved in like getting uh, JPEG Mafia to come to like Binghamton, which is like an upstate New York, you know? So my brother loved hip hop and he got me into Chance the Rapper and all that stuff. But all the all the hip hop that I loved the most, I kept finding that they, it kept coming from Chicago. I know. Oh <laughs> my God. It's like my favorite artist, like Saba No Name. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They, they're like all like just in this, like all from Chicago, all knew BJ, each other. All Chance, went to, Vic, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Oh my all God. Right. Man, um, and they all just went to YCA together and mm-hmm. just met and like doing the same stuff that I did in high school, just going to slam poetry events and meeting folks. But I did it in Nebraska and I didn't do it in Chicago. Like that's the difference, you know. And, and I like, you know, when I heard when I heard you, and I, I I said this to you the first time we talked on the phone. Like I hadn't heard anybody in LA rap like you you rap like because you don't rap like LA rap. You don't like you rap like Chicago rap, yeah. and it's awesome. And no, I mean I I'm like really glad 
that I went to Chicago because that really shaped my whole artistry today. And I really love the way I do music right now. Mm -hmm. Like I do, you know, I have trouble making it more pop, sure. But like, I really love the musicality that Chicago brought to the table. You know, I was just invested, especially since I went to art school, like all these artists also just pushing me to do better. And I had to do better. I had to learn more about music theory than I ever thought I would. I had to practice more than I ever thought I would. I just became a better musician in general. And that is something I can't ever be angry about or regret. Yeah. That is that is the best thing ever. And I, I don't know what my life would have been like if I decided to go to LA instead. Like, would I just, you know, be a, you know, rapper who didn't even know any music? Th- like, what would it look like? <laughs> and right? That was one of the first things I showed you, Noah, was when he was doing, you were doing literally like polyrhythmic. <laughs> yeah, I was doing like, like, like yeah. weird, like, you know, 57 over eight time. Like I had to like, do like, I, I, I had this TikTok series where I did like, raps and odd time signatures and the one that did the best was like this prime number rap where i I went from like three four to five four i think that might have been the one i showed yeah i think showed you. three four five four seven four then eleven eight. Oh my i be doing crosswords on my live stream starting to think that maybe people like me well some of these people find me enticing want to take me out like i'm on strike three out of my hometown to pursue the music i think i could do this and this is just to prove it and i'm fly like i'm toothless it's hard to keep losing when no one else is really doing what i'm doing no oh the world call me scott i'm a pilgrim with the odd signatures it's a lot this is hot someone call on a lock tell them drop a four to do this beer world because i'm not human this feel like beautiful loser music this feel like the wickets of the freaking movement this is vesuvius i'm gonna blow when there's nothing you can do yeah i'm on fire feeling like orpheus when he is playing the liar someone grab a choir because i need a witness i'm built with the business because i'm resilient moving steady but the first to finish Whoa. <laughs> because because the reason i showed you was here's somebody who's doing polyrhythmic uh prime number based rapping but also his internal rhyme game is the tightest shit I've no, ever exactly. seen. And, and the internal rhyming, I, this was the first thing I tweeted at you, is like internal rhyming is the hill I want to die on. And like, which I didn't even like fully understand like internal rhyming to the degree that I could until, I'm embarrassed to say, until like Hamilton and until like really getting into the, I mean, Hamilton, full stop. And then all the hip hop my brother was listening to. Like he, my brother was like, if you want to be a better songwriter, stop listening to what you're listening mm-hmm. to. And listen and listen to slam poetry All right. and listen to hip hop. I, I, mean, was- I need to say, I need to say, and I don't care. I mean, I this is this, fucking I, I might be wrong, but this it, yeah. is this is my opinion. I think that hip hop music has some of the best songwriting like ever in any genre of music. And I can't I, I can't I can't think of in any other genre of music that does it better. It, you can just say so much more and like in in such a <laughs> stronger way to me i don't know i just i just think it i just I, I just feel like that's the case well and i feel like a close second is is mid-2000s pop punk like we've been going <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've been che- we've been chewing on the bit of like going into like like broadway and pop punk because i i feel like we like anybody who's trying to get into pop music by listening to the history of pop music is getting handed half the bag and the other half of it is understanding how all of that was influenced by Really weird experimental artists, hip hop, Broadway, and pop punk, uh, and that's just kind of like and, and and then everything else, you know, like like that kind of came out and wasn't pop music, but influenced the people who were making pop music. Well, okay, so this is a bit of a tangent, but it is inspired by the thing you just said. This is something I've been thinking a lot about as we've been kind of getting into uh, like exploring voice acting as a medium. That you know, part of the craft of being a, a pop star, quote unquote, 
uh, or being a capital A artist, I think part of the journey as a vocalist is crafting your vocal tone and your vocal sound. And there's a lot of malleability in how you can affect your voice. And it can be kind of this voice acting exercise. And I think that hip hop, like some of my favorite capital A artists are like Frank Ocean and Donald Glover and Kendrick Lamar and Tyler, the creator, because I feel like they create one albums that function on the level of something like a film that have like a really strong, like, like sometimes a three act structure. Like they're creating these narratives, these through lines in their albums. And it's a kind of storytelling that I think people aren't like, like that hip hip hop and maybe arguably like prog rock from the seventies only has access to. And I think that like, I think it's, I think a lot about like Donald Glover's background and skills as an actor and how he is like, he almost plays with character and how Kendrick Lamar plays with character and different aspects of performance and vocal tone and inflection as storytelling devices within music. Like that's a whole artistic palette that I think people in pop have barely scratched the surface of. Hardly, hardly, (laughs) hardly. I understand why it's not like really, you know, appealing to mass audiences to like yeah. put a whole you know art project yeah like play in your album you know <laughs> i get it but like i think it's really cool to like artistically break down those barriers yeah and just like make something that is like that you know that's insanely cool and really awesome you know i agree with that st- statement yes When you were in Chicago, because, I mean, you you more or less like kind of like launched like the Charlie Curtis Beard Artist Project in this uh, <laughs> fiscal year. <laughs> um, but uh, did you did you put out music under like a name or put out anything while you were in Chicago? I put out music in high school, man. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> was it under your name or was it under yeah, an alias? It's under my name. Can it be found? It can, but... Not by you or anybody. <laughs> or anybody. I'll show you. I'll show you some of it. It's really, it's yeah. really bad, but it is on the internet. It is on the internet. Yeah, it's not on like SoundCloud or something. So you, you'd have to like. I'd be really impressed if people found it from right. high school. But everything I made from college is like out. Like it's on my SoundCloud or like a lot. There's a whole project that I had on SoundCloud um, that that's called Childish, and I made that in college. Um, that was when I was like 19 and like went through my first heartbreak and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so much better with like, <laughs> you know, just like, like really heartbreaking music, but actually it was really like, really nice. You know, that was just me kind of exploring my sound and who I was as an artist and like coming out the gate with something. I was never a person who just didn't make music or release it, you know, and I was never that person. I never had like a fear of releasing music. I know it's like big with a lot of people, but I was always the one that was like, I can't wait to put this out. Right. Like I, when I make something I like, I'm like, I cannot wait for everyone to hear this. Like everyone I know to hear this because this is dope. Like I, I was so excited. In retrospect, I wish I was more afraid to put out music. <laughs> I, no, no. And I think that too, because no, you can see how far I've come. And yeah. that's the best part of it. I yeah. mixed my own stuff since high school. You can see, like, you can hear how terrible it sounded well, back we, then. We feel like we had to, like, go through our growing pains somewhat publicly. Yeah. Which is, which you know, I think we have a, a kind of, like, confusing relationship with. It, it, it's it's, def, it's definitely it's definitely weird. I feel like I can't make anything without, like, knowing who's going to hear it. Fair. Like, like I feel like I can't even start something until, like, I know that I can text it to eight people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but like, yeah, part of part of me wishes that we were like we took our time a little bit and, and were more sacred. But almost like hearing, it's very validating to hear you like like 
talk about being able to see your progress yeah. with pride. And like, I think also part of the maturity that we've been growing into as artists is recognizing that like we, you know, when we started, we wanted to be this like cool, slick, aloof, anonymous, indie pop, electronic artist. And now, cool. and now we're just not that. And it's like, it's not that we're not cool. We're just cool. In our own way. In our own yeah, way. Yeah, we're yeah. cool because of the way we talk about pop culture. We're cool because of our, our, our humor and our influences. And the more that our brand can just be like, yeah, we're just two dudes who do like all this stuff and we make music and we love it. Like if that can be our brand, then that's something I'm more proud of. And if, and the fact that our missteps and our, our, our weird experiments into different avenues of music are part of the history that people, as they get more invested in us, can go back and, and, and sort of follow that narrative from now of like five, six years ago. I think that's actually a bonus. I think that's a that's a that's something that works in our favor. And it's what you were saying, you know, like when people come to your TikTok, it's like, hi, I'm Charlie, you know, and I feel like we were so afraid for years to be like, not even afraid, but we just thought that nobody would like it if we were like, hey, we're not, yeah. you know, and then you, you, you never know. I think yeah, the, the Internet is so vast that there's always going to be something out there for everybody. Yeah. You, you're going to find the right people or the right people are going to find you, I guess, more like it. But yeah, you know, I think that it's really cool. I I, I get to you know, have fans that can see my growth. Yeah. People who discover me now, I have a, I have a very solid discography of, that's how you say it, right? Discography yeah, yeah. of music right now. Like very solid. Is it all good? Meh. But is it something that people can listen to? Yeah. There's a lot of Charlie music out there. Yeah. And well, like, you never know what people are going to connect to. Yeah. That's I have, I have a very like my platform, like the foundation's built. It's done. Like, it's all done. I've been doing this for years. Like, I'm not new to this. Right. <laughs> you know? I, I, like, just started popping off, but I'm not new to this. I've been doing this for years. Yeah. So, like, I've just, I've built the foundation. Yeah. That's what I'm proud of. I don't, I'm not going to sit here. I, I hate sitting on music. I've always hated it. And the thing I've loved about my ambition in the past is that I've always been driven to put stuff out and make something and never, ever, like, wait till it's, like, best or the per Like, no, just do it. Like, just do it, you know? We listen to 10 day. 10 day quality is not that good. Yeah. But it's not, that's not what it's, that's not what it's about. You know, people well, like it. New, new artists are so like hesitant to do the foundational work. Mm. Like, and I remember being a new artist and wanting my first song to pop off. But looking back on all of our friends or all the people that we followed who popped off on their first single and didn't have the foundational work, they had to spend the next couple of years building a foundation for rockets already in space. And I feel like one of the things I'm, I'm kind of grateful for looking back is that our first couple songs didn't do great, but did just well enough for us to be to know who our friends were, yeah. know what our situation and our like collaborative relationship was, and to be able to like set ourselves in a place. And I feel like you're in a, you you strike me as a, well, you strike me as a very sort of like stable artist. Like you know who you are as an artist and you know what you're making. And that doesn't happen in a couple of days. Like yeah. that happens living it and breathing it for, for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, my, the first stuff I put out went nowhere. Nobody listened to it. <laughs> so it's been years of nobody listening to my music, you know, um, only the last couple of projects I've gotten like decent attention, I guess. But yeah, you know, I, I spent a very long time doing the music stuff and putting music out. So yeah, to answer your question long ago, yes, I put music <laughs> out in Chicago often. <laughs> right. Put two whole projects out in Chicago. Oh, um, wow. And they're, they're, they're not half bad. Um, they're full-length full length projects. Yeah. It's, it's fun to listen back to the stuff you made back before the pressure of the job was there, yeah. I think. Just like to reconnect with. Like I made a folk record in high school. It's not great, but I listen to it whenever I need to remember what it felt like to like 
I feel like it's like a good reminder of like why we started, you know, yeah. and, and, and what kind of like keeps the, the flames burning. This would be a great time to talk about that conversation we had earlier because now that shit is different. It's, it's different. So different. When you're getting paid, when you have oh, to do a man. job, it's tough. Man, and I remember, okay, so back when I was in school, school was my main job. Mm-hmm. Just graduating and getting done with school. That was my main job. Music was like my side hustle. I mean, like I knew I wanted to be an artist, but I didn't, you know, I didn't make music every single day. And it'd be foolish, like, to act like I did. I I didn't. I was making music here and there. There'd be months I didn't make music right. in college. I'd practice and I'd be like doing music, but I never made any original music. And when I did make original music, it was all on my own time. It was when I wanted to go to the studio mm-hmm. and when I wanted when I wanted to make art happen, or like when I wanted to do a project. It was when I wanted to. Right. It was like I haven't done a project in a while. Let's get something together. You know. It was all based around me and I could do it when I wanted to. I had the motivation and it was fun. Uh, now it's just like, okay, cool. I, I got to do this first. <laughs> I have to send this first to this other person. Oh, I can't do that today because I have to do this advertisement. Or mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like now I spend every single day doing the music, doing music. It's like music is not my escape as it used to be. No. It's different now. Like music is still enjoyable and it's never going to get to the point for me where it like is not enjoyable because I always find love in it. It's as easy as just discovering a new artist. I'm like, oh yeah, I do love music, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's not like my escape anymore. It's it's not this it's, it, it it used to be an outlet for me when I was like anxious or whatever. But now it's like, oh, like I need to get away from like music. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I gotta get out of the studio. I've been here every single day for like the last <laughs> 14 days. Like I gotta do something outside of this. And that's weird because now I have to find things in my life that like fulfill me outside of music, mm-hmm. which I never thought I'd have to do, but I have to. <laughs> well, and I feel so grateful for this job. Like yeah. I, I would like to, as a disclaimer, just like as an umbrella for this whole thing, like we work in like we work in music, and that's awesome. Like oh, at the end, at the end of the, the day, my my worst day is I can't come up with a a hook. <laughs> like that's a good problem to have, and I more or less like fuck around for the rest of the day. Like I'm biking around and playing video games, hoping it's it'll come. It's the damn dream. It's the job. dream. It is the, the dream. dream. Like I get to wake <laughs> up and work out like uh, when I want to, and then I get to go to the studio around like ten. It's just way better than like. Like waking up at seven, having to be at oh. work at like nine. I, I I texted you at at, at uh, noon or one yesterday because that was when I woke up. Well, like, I, I I'm not I'm not that I'm not like that. Yeah, but. well, I, I, like, well, but but it's actually a byproduct of what you were talking about. I've had to find things like slam poetry, like solo projects, like um, I still do some film and uh, sound design and screenwriting stuff. Um, and and th- what kept me up this week was I was learning how to do 3d modeling and I made a donut that ruined my whole sleep schedule, <laughs> um, uh, doing like, you know, tutorial Island on blender. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> but, but the, the thing is, is that like, I, I'm so grateful for this job, but when I was in, in college, I thought it was a binary system. I thought making it in music was a binary system. You either were paying your rent or you weren't paying your rent mm. with making music. And I realized it's actually three. It's a, was trinary. What's the, I don't, there's not even a word. What's the word for a, it's a trinary system. Uh, It's you're making music as a hobby. You're making music and you're getting paid for it. And then you're making your music and you're getting paid for it. Yeah. And I feel like uh, I even called you Noah. I, I I called Noah when I was in Kentucky. It really hit me this year that we have made a decent living making music, but we haven't necessarily been able to pay our rent off of what we feel artistically 
aligned with. And that's a complicated, that's a complicated area because one, you can't talk about it because everybody's like, aren't you making music? Why, why are you more grateful for it? Like, aren't you making money making music? Like what the fuck? Like what, why, why are you feeling so shit about it? And I'm like, cause we're making music, but it's not the weird shit that we hope people like. Yeah. And that's the sort of complicated area. It'd be like that. It'd be like that. It'd be like that. Yeah. Well, you don't want to like do some of the things that you got to do in the studio that day. Yeah, It'd be like yeah. that. That's the that's the job. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. It's a weird job. It's a weird job. It's a weird one for sure. It's, a good, it's, a, good it's, a, it's a good job. It's a tough job to talk about. I think it's a tough job to talk about. That's why we made a whole podcast about it. That's how we. That's how we're all here in a sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely weird. Like it's a weird it's a weird job in the sense that like there's not really any stability um, as of right now, at least where I am. I kind of like the fact that I don't know where I'm going to be in a year. Yeah. That excites me. I uh, like that. Yeah. That's the only, that's the reason I'm here. I, when I was working in, in sound, there were opportunities where I could know what my next year would look like. And that freaked me out. Like, who, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to be one of those people that are like, okay, my five-year plan is this. Why? Like what? I don't want to know what I'm doing in five years. Like, and <laughs> I remember my brother was like telling me like, what's what's my plan like what's my five-step plan to get like signed or whatever and he's like well for me i'm doing this to meet this person and then i'm gonna ask them to be my mentor so then i can get this job and i'm like cool but like that's not how that works here yeah and like <laughs> if, if you, when, when you create a chain of what ifs that long if any one of them doesn't work out then your whole plan's shot like, but it's so it, much easier just... for them to work out in other career fields right, right. like right that's very yeah. right for us it's like okay cool like i have to release this video and it's gonna go viral well, that didn't happen. All right, now I'm going to have to release this song and it's going to go viral. Well, okay, well, damn. Okay, well, then I'm going to do this collab and it's going to go, okay, well, that didn't work. Oh, so-and-so well, then- wants to cut my song? That'll be the thing that changes everything. Oh, we never hear back from them? Okay, cool. Okay, cool. I okay. Something else. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and like do this performance and it's going to change everything. Uh, okay, I did the performance. I know a couple more people now. And one of the reasons I love this industry and love our job is because I strongly believe in this, like I, the idea of like the chaos quotient that like, you don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea who is currently listening to this podcast. I have no idea. Like I happen, we, we are in this room because one friend of ours happened to know another friend of ours and I happened to be scrolling through TikTok. Like wow. life works. One of the things that I said to, to like anybody who's starting out is in this industry, every action has an unequal and chaotic reaction. <laughs> so like, I love that. Like you don't know what, like the thing you work the hardest on might receive the least amount of traction. And the thing that you weren't even thinking about could be the thing you you wind up being like known for, yep. you know? And, yep. and that's, 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 I don't know. That's really, really exciting to me. You know, it's cool. It's cool. Not, it's cool. Not really knowing um right now. And maybe when I get older, I'll, I'll, I'll crave more stability, but as of right now, I can handle it. Like, yeah. I think that, I, I like it when my life kind of changes, uh, you know, um, and it's not exactly stagnant. Yeah. Um, and that that's exciting for me. And I, I, I that's that's a really huge perk about doing music for a living because you you don't really know what your next year is going to look like. Sometimes you don't even know what your next half year <laughs> yeah. is going to look like. And like, even on a more practical thing, a thing I've been working through in therapy, just and presencing throughout the history of my life is how much 
my career choices and how I've chosen to prioritize my time is a direct response of my ADD brain coming up ways to not have to change the way it works, <laughs> but to not right. change my lifestyle. Like, like music is, is a kind of in a lot of ways, a career in which you can procrastinate a shit ton and then make the craziest thing in a, in a, <laughs> in, oh my God. In a manic burst. And now that yeah. I, now that I'm a bit more of an adult and this is really my job, I've had to actually conquer the way my brain organizes tasks and be a little bit more cutthroat so that I can actually get these tasks done to people on time. But I've been really present saying how like the reason I got in here in the first place is because my brain just doesn't work normal. Hey man, and it's, it, this has you, allowed me to not if change you my have, brain. If you have ADD, you probably just do music. Go for it. Just go, oh, yeah, go yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, that's, the, that's the best. That's we the best we, we all got it? it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just making sure because well, my, my, my shit don't work that way. Well, <laughs> speaking, I, one, I love I love uh, like our phone calls because it's literally like all of us just like, <laughs> like it's like watching ping pongs in like a graphics simulator, just like all of these ping pongs just flying around. Yeah. But um, uh, boobs, <clears throat> boobs. Uh, speaking on like on like the sort of built-in neuroses. My father is a business coach and motivational speaker, so I grew up making goals. Like it was part of my upbringing was that I had to make these plans. Not that my dad was like looming over me, like make a plan now, but it was like sort of built in that like you had to know what you were doing. You had to know where All right, you were Nate, at. It's time to make a plan. It's time to make a plan. <laughs> um, and so it was really what's been so nice about like our our relationship in what we make is that I'm the guy who makes the the month, six month, year, five year plan. And and knows the one that reminds me is that you make those plans and then you throw them away. What's that? What's that? That 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 quote? The, the, the Bob Ross quote. Oh, it means a bit. Oh, yeah, Bob, make, Bob big, Ross. make big decisions and throw them away. And also, plans are useless. Planning is essential. Yes, plans are useless. Planning is essential. That's how I feel. Like I I love I love making plans. The only thing I love more than making plans is when I have to make more plans. <laughs> like I love when like I have a great I have a great plan and then a pandemic hits and I have to make an entirely new plan. <laughs> I don't love that a pandemic hits. I love the feeling of having to come and, up with something. And, and look at us artists bounce back because we yeah. got hit with the pandemic. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, and, and, Like, all right. And for it's worth, like, you know, part of my plan was like, how do we, how do we deal, deal with this live problem that we don't have an agent that we don't, that we're not like, that we're not playing live in the way that we want to. Okay. We're not playing live anymore. Period. I can focus on what I I'm good at, which is, making music and like not having to worry about how it's like hitting and stuff. So musicians it's like, are very, musicians are very acclimated to switching their environment and their surrounding and their definitely. plans in the drop of a hat. So when the pandemic hit, it's nothing to adjust. Yeah. How are you yeah. going to, how are you going to move forward and, and, and make and create and <laughs> do stuff, you know? And that's the other thing I think was been interesting as an artist, kind of watching in some ways the retro, the, it's kind of watching the rest of the world catch up to how we have been living our lives. Because that's the thing, like you said, the pandemic happens and it's no switch. We've always been rolling with the punches. We've no always matter. never known where the next check was We've coming We've always never from. known when the next check was coming from. We've always been working from home. And now all of a sudden, all these nor like quote unquote normal people with more straight, like, you know, structured jobs are working from home and realizing that they can kind of have control over their own schedule or realizing that things could be a little more predictable in their lives. And we're all just like, first time, huh? Like, man. <laughs> and, and, and obviously that, that switch, like there's a reason why like people go to the jobs that they want because, you know, that switch is, is tough. But I, I've loved seeing people who have had more structured jobs really embrace the kind of work from home, like yeah. make your own rules kind of shit. <laughs> Uh, 
pausing the podcast to remind you that we have a Patreon that you can subscribe to if you want to support the show. If you're enjoying this episode, but you're thinking that you've got a burning question for an artist, or you just want to talk with us, or maybe you just want to mug with our faces, our Patreon's the way to go. So go to patreon.com slash talking lion to subscribe. Now back to the show. Speaking of that, you launched your career this this year. In a sense, you've launched your career for the last couple of years, but like this year was when things were out and you put out an insanely good EP. Rain in Pasadena. Speak on it. I want to know what the process was for making that. What's your favorite song? What is the line that stood out to you? Now we're going to the whole moving to LA part. And definitely this was kind of just the whole thing was about moving to LA. I I realized that I couldn't climb the ladder the way I wanted to in Chicago for many reasons. But I just realized that, you know, there, there was just limited opportunity to people who like aren't from Chicago. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's give LA a try. And, you know, there's more opportunity there. Um, yes, there's more competition, but there's also more opportunity because there's more competition. They, those kind of go hand in hand, to me at least. Um, and competition is just community with a different, you know, costume. Yeah. I don't, I hate, I've, I've always hated that when people said competition. Because it's like, yeah, there's limited amount of spots, but there's different ways to get to where you want to go. Yeah. You know, there's not like, it's not like I have room for only like, Five favorite artists, <laughs> like, well, and, it's, and it's really, really cheesy. But one of the things we used to say is like, if it, if you see a zero sum game, add more. You know, it's like like if there are limited opportunity, then find ways to create more opportunity. Create more opportunity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I always I always the, the thing that's like lodged in my brain is the, you know the line from Hamilton. One of the most I think the most beautiful takeaways from that storytelling is the world is wide enough. Like right. For saying the thing I wish I had known. Is that the world was wide enough for both me and Hamilton? That we we created this rivalry between ourselves and and drew this division between oh it has to be you or me. And the thing I wish I had known from the jump was that there was always space for both of us to do our thing. And I feel like I feel that way about other artists. Like every time I see someone who like bugs me, it's like oh you're doing better than me. Like I I wish I had what you had. I'm just like you having what you have does not take away what I have, and me having more does not take away what you have. I I, I had that built in, except for with you, yeah. and I had to learn that. I we, you know learn that even within our within our own house. Yeah, you know. So I, I yeah, yeah. That's that's a really great way to put it. So yeah, I just I moved to I moved to LA, and I just kind of got to work right away, just making music. Didn't really even know what I was gonna do. Um, or like what was going to come of it. I just wrote and I was like really dedicated to just making stuff all the time and getting really good at producing and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, um, I just started writing pandemic happens, you know, even then I kind of had an idea in my head loosely, uh, this really like exposes me for the Vic Mensa fan I am, but, uh, Vic Mensa had a song called Pasadena, uh, with Donnie Trumpet who goes by Nico Siegel now. Mm. So him and Nico made a song on Nico's first, maybe not first, well, it was a very early EP, and the EP was called Pasadena. Um, and the title track had Vince on it, and the hook was like, Rain in Pasadena, like, you're gonna fall in love again. And then the hook was just Rain in Pasadena. And I was like, I really like that. Like, that's so cool. I love that. And I was just kind of thinking what it meant to me. Um, and I realized that all the the themes of my songs were just like, you know, about like, dealing with being by myself and like not having any friends and like not anything going the way I planned it to and like appreciating my time and myself and my space for what it was. I was like, okay, cool. So like LA was supposed to be this place where it was just supposed to be like a paradise and things were going to work out, but things aren't like that. So 
it's just another way of saying trouble in paradise right in pasadena mm. um mm. because pasadena is a very peaceful place right. um outside of la it's really peaceful small you know and supposed to be just really nice and it was just like this rainfall there because of course another stereotype is that it doesn't rain in la right. which it hardly does <laughs> and yeah so it's just about you know just kind of like this shadow of rain in my paradise uh that was supposed to actually be like different you know and one of the the best songs that paints that message is i've been better still all right i've been better but i wish i were better trouble in paradise look at the weather rain in pasadena happens like never i'm looking for protection looking for shelter now can't you see why i feel so complacent and the only thing that's moving is the raining or maybe i'm just going through the phases out of body out of mind like voyages I love that so song. That song is like every single line is just like, yeah, I'm kind of by myself and that sucks, but I I guess it's okay. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, Rain in Pasadena. Um, it was just kind of about, you know, having to like accept this trouble. Uh, mm-hmm. which I kind of explained in the last song, which is the song Rain in Pasadena, where it's just like taking this situation and being like, Okay, cool, like this is where I am and this is what it is. And there's beauty. There's beauty in the struggle. There's beauty in the struggle. And like beauty in like, you know, the the trouble. Um, you know, everyone wants to avoid it. But like being in it is actually something that you should appreciate. Because that stuff is hard. And it, it gives you everything you need to succeed. Yeah. Everything. You know? Yeah. It sounds like I'm crying. I just have a stuffed nose. <laughs> No, I mean, but but I, I definitely feel that when when we were living in Boston, uh, our last year, there was construction happening in the apartments. Mm-hmm. I'd wake up to the whole ground shaking with jackhammers at seven in the morning, and we would joke when we moved to LA, the streets are painted paved, paved with gold, and you know there'll never be construction again. And Isn't we there's construction happening right across the street, right across the street. <laughs> <laughs> and we we lived here comfortably for a year, and then it, that happened. And I felt like I was cursed. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my god, like. I'll never be able to escape this this thing, and and I don't have a resolution to that. Like I'm upset today about being woken up to construction, but there is something to be said about like not putting your faith in like being saved by where a you're gonna place. move yeah. or like what you're doing. Like one of my I, one of the one of the best things my parents have ever taught me is that you take yourself wherever you go. Yeah. You're not no place solves your problems. You're oh, gonna yeah. be right where you are because you take yourself with you. You take yourself with you. So it means that you can have all these problems anywhere else. No one's like there's no way that a place is gonna change anything, you know? I have to bring the tenacity and the the dedication and the motivation I had in Chicago. I have to still bring that here, you know? And whatever whatever comes my way, whatever horrible troublesome things are coming in the from the music industry i still am me i'm not gonna like you know it's not gonna be magically fixed i'm not gonna be a new person i'm gonna bring myself with me and i'm gonna face those problems like i did before and a really great way to do that is to write about it that's exactly what i did with rain in pasadena i just wrote about it you know well that's that's the victory at the end of the day is like not the move but being happy with what you brought with you on that move you know that's what green is about man yeah I don't know if you heard Greener. Uh, I've heard your whole record. Okay, cool. Excuse <laughs> me. I'm so sorry. Uh, sorry. Um, We're sampling that too. Got it. Uh, I need royalties on the burps, by the way. That's fair. That's, <laughs> that, that makes sense. 
Ooh. Okay. Um. So yeah, greener is just about appreciating your grass and realizing that the grass isn't greener, right? Like your grass is greener, right? The the hook is love the scenery surrounding me. It's always green. What I have here is green and like where I am is fine. And just like coming to terms with like where you are and like the place you're in. It's totally cool. Like, you know, going somewhere else to a new city, to a new place isn't going to fix anything. You have to appreciate what you have and what you're bringing to the table today. Well, I think um, this, the last, uh, I keep saying this year, but 2021 just started, you know, right. but the last fiscal year <laughs> uh, is like a, a sort of good reminder of what's important. Like I, I feel like uh, I mean I've been playing a lot of chess in the in chess is dope. I love playing chess, and uh, I, I sort of said this like around my birthday, um, but like Oof. I feel like what you learn from chess is where are your pieces and what are you doing? You know, like just understanding, just understanding everything that's in front of you and being comfortable with where everything is on the board because in a normal situation, like with, you know, obviously not like capital H hardships, but like in the sort of life that we're living, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Like you can think about like, you could like beat yourself up over everything that you're doing and like whatever's going on, you know, or just take, take things in stride and like move along because you can't avoid you can't avoid some of the shit parts of this industry. You can't avoid some of the shit parts of life. The the best thing you could do is just know that they're coming, accept like accept them and and try to make the most of it. And the blessing that we have as artists is that that gets to be part of our, our arts, that our art we make, gets, yeah. to be, gets to be a part of that healing process and that the healing process gets to be a part of our art. Like it that is, in and of itself is such a blessing. It's hard. I, I was thinking about that the other day, how we have to go through a lot more hardships than a lot of other careers, you know, I was looking at this video of someone like, you know, Facebook is the worst, but <laughs> it's like a face. It was like a thing I saw on Twitter that someone posted on Facebook. You know how that happens yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and someone was like, like, this is hard work. And it was like somebody at like an oil rig or something like doing a very physically demanding task, which is, yeah, it seems like very hard work. But I, I feel like, you know, society puts emphasis on physical tasks a lot and respects them and values them like that's a full day's work that's a good day's work sitting out like sitting in a studio for 12 hours is a very good day's work and it's hard yeah. it's hard it's mentally straining and doing that again and again and also also getting up and going to the studio the day after you have like a breakdown yeah and like am i gonna make it what am i doing i don't want to do any of this and then getting up and doing it again how how do you like where does that come from like how do we do this because I remember the other day I was like, oh, man, like I was like freaking out. I was like, wow, this is hard. Like I'm not making it like this and that, you know, the, the usual, the usual, the usual. Yeah. And then like I had to get up the next day and promote my Patreon. <laughs> it was like it was just like, ugh, like the, the stuff is like so mentally straining and mentally exhausting as an artist to just get up and do this task. And I don't think a lot of people really actually understand it unless they do it. Yeah. Well, and the best case scenario of our job is that we are making trauma catchy, which means that on a regular basis, we have to interact with the thing that hurt us the most and try to make it marketable, Yeah, Man. which is, which is complicated. I mean, I even, I just wrote random Pasadena. I just, I just wrote. Like I wasn't, even, I didn't even have a goal in mind. You know, I just wrote. 
it, it's rare for me to like go into a song like I'm gonna write about this. Mm. You know? Yeah. Right. Sometimes I just write and whatever yeah. comes out comes out. I've been better still alright. That's the only line it had. I'm like, I've been better, still alright. I like that. What what's gonna come of it? No idea. But I'm just gonna start writing. And it was just like my inner diary like spilling out onto right. the paper and just like, oh, this is how I feel, I guess. Great. Yeah. <laughs> but you're you're also on the level like like you're writing in a sense every day or you're doing every day TikToks every day every yeah. day well, like every day. When, when i was writing like when we were in boston i wrote 12 songs in a year when we moved here we were writing 12 songs in a week in a week like it's really like you, it's a whole different ballgame okay, so when you're so, writing every day you're just you're just you're just spewing whatever is there like yeah. you don't have enough time to think about oh, what man. am i writing about you are just writing what's top of mind and sometimes that's a really challenging shit and sometimes you're writing about like a dog you know you get you get like this is probably something you guys can understand and something that i've realized recently writer's block is different for me now right it used to be it used to be where oh i can't write i guess i'm done yeah but like it's still there now i have to like find it right so like for me when it's good when writing's good especially when you practice 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 and you just write every single day every single day when writing's good you you know those lines just come to you. Yeah, you're you like, don't even have to try. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Right, right. Doesn't it just it's come right, to you? Right, it's like it's top of it's right there. It's, it's right just there. there, and it's awesome. It yeah. is great. That's an awesome feeling. You're just like and the and when you try, when it's coming to you, when you try to think of lines, it's so much easier to think of those good lines. Yeah, just you're just there. like oh, you're just taking it, and you're just like man, that's a good line. That's a good line. Like it's easy. And now writer's block for me is less of like I can't think of anything. It's me more having to go find it. Yeah. Like I have to like go and search for it, and that yeah. is my writer's block now. Like I, it takes a very long time for me to write verses with writer's block now. Like I can still write, but it's like okay, now I have to try really hard and go find those lines because they're not coming for me; they're hiding from me. I have yeah. to like go search for them, <laughs> and I have to like talk to them and be like, "Are you the line I want? No. Are you the line I want? No." And like it's it's hard. Like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. writer's block for me now, um, because I've been going through it recently, and I'm like, it takes me just hours to write a verse now because I'm just like have to go find these lines uh, well and, and i feel like for, for me it's like like writer's block i joke around that i don't experience writer's block because if i if i don't want to write i don't write like <laughs> like like i feel like if i need to write something i can sit down and write because it, it's a technical it's a technical job like i know oh okay uh time to write something okay here's you know the the assignment or here's the artist or here's the yeah. the brief or whatever done cool 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 when i have a good idea and I don't have the capability to like execute it. Like when I when I like actually think of a really good chorus and I have no idea what the verse is gonna be, or like I have a really like a concept that feels really fresh and original, and then I have like no idea what the hell is happening. Like that's that's just like that's the that's the worst. Yeah, that is a terrible feeling. That's the that's the one where you're just like, cool. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> like yeah, you just, just shelf it and sometimes it just, comes back and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. The 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 important stuff. You're gonna get. Yeah. You're gonna come back to. If it's good enough, you're gonna go back to it. I mean, yeah. For me, I don't release a song unless I come back to that session at least three, four times. Yeah. You know, I, it's valid. never new. New Year's. Yeah. I mean, I, I never write a whole song in a day, and it's always like for every song I release, I have to come back to it. Like yeah. I have to like force myself to do it again. You know, um, because my brain always wants to do the new thing. But like, yeah, you know. You know the songs that stick in the back in your in your head, mm-hmm. and you're always just like, mm, I should I should get to I yeah, I should get back session. to that. Yeah, I should go back to do that, and yeah. th- that's when the good stuff happens because now I can make new stuff. Right, my second verse is I, I don't like my second verses to ever sound mm-hmm. the same. So like now I'm like, okay, cool, new ears, let's make a new yeah. second verse, yeah. and then the song's new again. It's 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 great. Yeah, it's that's the best. A great. 
great feeling. I know that I can just like write baseline, like good stuff, like passable stuff. What's, what's difficult for me is like, what's, what's funny is I feel like I haven't written a song in 2021, even though we've written like a couple dozen yeah. for our work. You haven't written a capital I haven't, song. I haven't written a song that resonates with how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I define my output is not by, am I writing a song? Mm. Am I writing a song that resonates with me? Yeah. Um, and that's a different thing, I think. That's always going to be a different thing. So the best thing about TikTok is for me personally is that i've never flexed my writing muscle this hard before like my writing muscle is strong right now like i've never written this much in my life um ever you know i think i've (laughs) legit like there was a time where i was writing every day for months because i was just making tiktok after tiktok after tiktok and that's good that's dope like and i'm still kind of doing that i write five six days a week every week yeah at this point i'm I'm still writing all the time and it's 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 a cool me- it's a cool muscle to flex i've never been like this peak in my artistry right now and when i was in college it was really only about the musicality of everything and being mm-hmm. a better musician and the writing just kind of took a, a side like a side yeah. seat i wasn't bad at it but you know i never like practiced but yeah. like i could come up with good stuff when i was motivated right but now i don't have to be motivated to make good stuff anymore right and when i am motivated to make good stuff Whoo! Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> well, when you're and when you're doing it every day, like it's you don't even get like the editor part of your brain isn't even allowed to be on. Yeah, because you're you have to just make the damn thing, so you don't have enough time to like second guess yourself or be like, is this good or not? You're relying on the instinct that you're building every day. That's like, actually that's fair. Broadly speaking, on it, like when you're doing it as a job too, like you know what people are looking for, you know how to execute it. That's that, like they're not looking for they're not looking for a Grammy award winning piece. They're looking for something that sells a product, or they're looking for something that works for whatever the brief is. Yeah, that's a craft. That's a craft. If you execute that, then you've done your job. Yeah, you right. know, like 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 if, if hell, if a plum, you know, if if uh, if anybody in service. If like a plumber, you know, comes in and starts doing all these like weird flourishes and you're like, dude, I just need you to like fix the pipe. Yeah. Or yeah, I, 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 I had this back back at Joshua Tree when we were doing the writing camp. I was we had, we're having this discussion and the metaphor that got brought, brought up was painting a fence. Like if you're hired to paint someone's fence and you start doing all this crazy Jackson Pollock stuff, they're going to be like, bro, I hired you to paint like a white picket fence. Like, paint like, the fence. Just put the paint on the wood. And I feel like that's how I feel sometimes with, with some of the production stuff. It's just like, this is not my canvas. Like, this right. is someone's fence and I just need to paint that's a white. The, that's the most annoying part about producing specifically. <laughs> oh my God. I used to, I, I try, oh my God. I <laughs> but, but it's a fun, I, I love the limitation because it's like, yeah. oh cool. Like I don't have to like break my heart or like find like the most original thing that has never been said before. Yeah, I can be way. motivational and that's yeah. it. That's all you need. You know? It's not your way when you produce them for other people. <laughs> yeah. It's just easy to get attached to everything you produce, which is hard. But whatever. Right. Anyways, no, I, 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 you're, that's you're, a whole other discussion. I mean, that's, that's a, a whole, that's a whole, that's a whole other. But you are also very much preaching to the choir. Like I, yeah. like we, we, we've felt the best and the worst of the production pipeline. I wanted to ask about your development and or your relationship with the Oh My. And the sort uh, of, can you talk yeah. about the oh mine? What, like, where did that come from? Yeah. What's- Basically, when I was starting rapping and like getting, you know, good at it and like figuring out who I wanted to be as an artist, I was like, okay, cool. I need an ad lib, right? You know, Kanye has the ha. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and that was terrible. Uh, uh, and then Chance has the yeah. ah. And then, uh, you know, everyone had something, right? Um, to like define themselves as like, okay, I'm the rapper. And then they hear the thing. I was like, okay, cool. So I need an ad lib. And then when I was rapping, I just kind of, do ad-libs at the end of my verses, right? I would just be like, yeah, I know. Or, 
oh my, or just stuff, just all right. Just like all these like, like ad-libs, right? And then when I perform live, I just come up with ad-libs that I didn't even mean to do. You know what? Or like, hit it with me one time, like. Uh, and I love <laughs> hit it with right. me one time, like, oh, that's the best one. Cause that's, I throw that right before a beat drops. And I'll show you some songs yeah, that I have yeah, with that right. too. One of them's in Rain and Pasadena. People don't even catch these things. It's kind of crazy to me. But yeah, I think Oh My was just the one that always stuck around. People just like that one. And I, I understand why it's like clean and simple. And yeah. It's just, it's catchy in the way I say it, right? Like, Oh My, like people love that shit. So like that, <laughs> when I was on TikTok, that's when Oh My started getting more attention. And people were like, oh, you look, I like the Oh My. Oh, like CEO of Oh My. Like, and I was like, oh, cool. People are gravitating to something. Yeah. Let's capitalize off that. Yeah. Grab it. And I was like, this is my thing. This is mine. I'm claiming it. Oh My. Right? And now people are like, okay, cool. They associate that with me. And it's not to the point where it's overpowering my artistry, which is good. Yeah. But this is something that like I can have that people can recognize as a CCB thing. Yeah. And that's something that like I realized that I wanted to establish very early on in TikTok. Something that it was mine and that people can associate with me. So when people started noticing the oh my, I was like, great, I'm just going to use it more. Well, it, it, I thought it was brilliant. Like I, I remember when like Chance would go on like Lido's projects or, you know, do do collaborations with anybody when I would hear his, his I'm not going to do it, but when, when I would hear his ad lib like it was exciting because if i didn't know chance was on the song and i heard it i'm like oh chance about to throw down that's awesome yeah um but also it was just so distinctive to him and his artistry and it's like a, the brand it's, of his, a, sonic it's a sonic it's logo like, it's like it's like a producer tag it's like when yeah. you can craft something that it's, it's a piece of branding and it's, and it's, yeah. and it's beautiful it's, when i i didn't immediately because you know just scrolling through your for you game pops up you know uh scrolling through your through a for you page you're you don't really like put the pieces together but when i start like really listening to you sort of more sequentially and realizing that like oh my was your thing i'm like he's got every aspect of a rap of the of your, your project like you have it's not just that you got your a sound and a vibe whatever you even have like a fucking a tag yeah which which pete like i don't i can't think of anybody like in the last, like in this space that that has that, and it's, and it's really it's such an obvious thing too. It's like it's just such a like. Of course, you should come up with something that clean from a brand perspective, but it's like the fact that you one that you kind of stumbled upon it and 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 leaned into it. I think speaks to just your vibe as a creative and your like, but also your sharp ultimate underlying brain is like a business person and, and you're like and, doing this thing at a very high level. And on that note, like when you did the collaboration with Sad Alex, and like I was listening to my friend in the car and. Your oh my came in. We both lost our shit because we knew what was about to happen. Like it was the exact same experience as hearing like a chance song or whatever. Like it was realizing, oh my god! Like even before the the verses started, our boy's coming through. Like he's about to, he's about to he's about to like like throw down the verse. And so that's just like you know. And, oh, I guess the other thing we didn't talk about is like is that you were on Sad Alex's song. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh yes, the power of Sad Alex and Nash. Has Sa- Sad Alex me has more clout than I ever thought I would. Sad Alex, <laughs> podcast alumni, solid friend. We did a we did Stockholm's a ghost town with her, and uh, but yeah, I like she did the competition and you won because you're awesome, and the <laughs> actual track is awesome because because your verse is great, but also Lord your bless. your own eyes in there, yeah. you know. Lord bless, yeah. Uh, that that that's really fortunate. I didn't think I would win because my video didn't like blow up by any means or anything. So I was just like, these are solid lyrics, you know. So yeah. let's just let's just do it, yeah. And then 
Lord bless. I, I, I won, you know? Uh, speaks to Alex like she she just wants the best one and not yeah. what is she, like blown up you know she is dope as hell hey hey Alex if, if you're listening to this you're, you're dope as hell she's like she's dope freaking dope like we got to hang out because we were doing uh content for the song and like she's just a fucking cool person she's bro just a she's cool person. so cool I she's met just her a... on this podcast and by the end of the podcast I was like I'm obsessed with you we need to be friends like, I was like, just like holy she's wow. just a freaking cool person dude like and now I'm just you know, every time she pops up on my For You page on TikTok, I'm just like, yes. oh my God, this video is perfect. <laughs> so like her personality is so she's amazing. so funny. But she's, she's also a not so vocal she, producer. And like a writer. Just, and her writing is so writer. good. One of the best she, she's also one of those people who did, yeah, okay. who did, who like did, like, the, like went through writing so much music. So now everything she makes, like she doesn't have writer's block either. Like it's either good or great. Like that's yeah, what she's exactly. working right. in. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I love the fact that we just don't have to have writers blocking. Anyways, the, uh, the so the fun story with Alex, uh, we were doing a thing where she would like do my verse, you know, because I did her little reharm for the verse, and, oh, yeah. and she would like sing it. Um, and you know, some of the lyrics didn't apply to her specifically, like you know, fair enough. Um, so she just had to like rewrite it real quick. And she's just like, mm, all right, I'll sing it this way, just like just that quick, just like yeah. looked at it and was like, mm, I think I'll say this line instead, and it worked, like. That that that's the keen writing skills that like is awesome to me, you know. Not like sitting there like, mm, what do you think? And like obsessing over it for a long. She was just like, yeah, I'll just change it to that. Like she just yeah. did it, and it was like I was like, cool, <laughs> like fine by me, like dope. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Like when writers can just do that. You well, know, it's cut from the same cloth. Like she is so technically strong because she's done it so much, but also she doesn't sit on any music. Like she put out the songs you'll probably never hear, like volumes. Yeah. So just so that people so that she could release songs that didn't necessarily have a home or fit in a more formalized yeah, project. Her, her like, writing on a bad day could be someone's favorite song of all time. Yeah. Like when yeah, you're at she, that that's, level. That's just, definitely her mentality. Yeah. I was I was telling her, we, we had one of these uh, one of these videos of us like doing a popcorn thing. I posted it on TikTok and it flopped really bad. And I was like, uh, I, it flopped, I'll just repost it later. And she texted me, she's like, I'm... <laughs> I ain't afraid of no flop. You know, me like insecure about it. And she's like, she's whatever. She just posts stuff, bro. She just puts stuff out. Like I, there's, there's some, there's a level of respect for that. Charlie Curtis Beard, are you ready for the question round? What's your name? Go. Uh, uh, um, uh, Too slow. You're yeah, yeah, you're, you right, are the um, weakest link. Goodbye. The first question is, what is your phone background? It's Steven Universe. Nice. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. Nice, nice, nice. I love Steven Universe so much, and this has been a huge part of my life. I wish I could have grown up with it. Um, not in the sense that, like, I'm old as shit, because I'm not. Uh, <laughs> just in the sense that, like, I wish I could have, like, yeah, I wish I could have watched it when it was, like, on air and, like, airing weekly. I wish I could have grown up with it, you know, a little bit more. But Steven Universe has impacted my life in a way I never thought I would. I just got into it because I saw it on TikTok. And uh, one of my TikTok mutuals was like, did like a couple posts about Steven Universe songs. And I was like, these songs are great. Like, should I just get into it? And I was like, yeah. Watched the first couple episodes and like loved it. Didn't think anything of it. But then I kept watching and it just... It gets so deep. It talks about trauma, how to deal with trauma, uh, how to discover who you are and how to heal and how to like separate yourself from your 
parents and their mistakes and their decisions. It doesn't tell you how to do that, but it it, it talks about that stuff. Yeah. It talks about really serious issues and like growing up and being your own person and being your own human and like having it be okay to like make mistakes and feel bad and like moving forward from that. And it just, it's affected my life in a way that I <laughs> never thought it would. I never thought I'd be this hooked to a show. It's been a really long time since I've been this into a show, like this obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Cause not only the show is good, but the music's also really good. And I can't stop listening to the music. I can't stop watching the show. I've watched it two times all the way through in the matter of like, months it's such a good show sorry i love so, that that's, that's, that's it's that's my awesome. background I I, i'm that. gonna keep i'm gonna keep my steven universe backgrounds for a while um i'm just keep stitching through different steven universe stuff it's, it's such that's a good great. show that's that's great i just watched um over the garden wall and monsters university talk about animations that have like really like stuck with me like there are just i i don't know i feel like the animated medium because of the medium allows you to talk about more deep things and more like complicated things because it's animated and yeah. I, I just I love that Nate have you watched Steven Universe yet? I haven't watch it okay after you watch the finale you're just gonna stay awake thinking about it I love that that's that's uh, I've been working my way through Bojack Horseman I've been looking for a new show to sink my teeth into I might give Steven Universe a try it's, it's, the, it's the move it's the move I'm literally adding it it starts off list. it starts off as such an innocent cute cartoon show for kids but right <laughs> well, I've heard that about She-Ra too. I'm, I've been working my way through She-Ra and the first season's like, all right, this is fun, but I know it gets good and like people have a really good relationship with it. So. Well, that was Avatar. I was a huge Avatar the Last Airbender fan because, you know, you're like, oh, cool, like the elements. And then you're like, cultural wars and genocide genocide and trauma <laughs> and generational trauma generational trauma. I'm like politics and, and spirituality and yeah, I'm like, oh, yes, I love everything about this show. <laughs> All right. Do you have a non-musical hobby? Oh no. <laughs> You're really in it. That's. I mean, that's that's a valid answer. I don't know. I well, like we'll ask you again in a year. Games. Yeah. I yeah. like playing video games. What yeah. game are you into the most? I'm replaying Breath of the Wild. I've nice. I've clocked in Oof. over six hundred, almost six hundred hours of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. There so. you go. We're gonna play later, and I'm really excited to see what happens. Yeah, you're gonna get your butt kicked. I mean, that's what happen. you think. But anyways, um, I've clocked a lifetime of that game, buddy. I know. I've been playing since I was a child. Okay, then we're gonna have a, a hard time. I think. <laughs> uh, I like video games. Video games are fun. Um, I like games in general. Hobbies. <sighs> I mean, video games. I, I would. I would say video. When the pandemic first started, I got really, really into Overwatch, and I've just been playing it like religiously since. Would you consider video games a hobby, Noah? Yeah, I'd say so. Well, then, yeah. yeah. I, I'd go with that, then. I don't really do anything other than that, though. Um, music was my right. only hobby, so I'm, I'm currently in a state where I'm trying to figure out what things I like outside of music when I need to get away from it. We are earlier conversation. Yeah, no, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Is there, on that token, is there a skill that you would like to learn? That's a great question. I want to get better at surfing. Hmm. Whoa. That's fun. I like surfing. I've done it a couple of times. It's really hard. Yeah. I want to get better at surfing. Um, Also not a skill, but more of like a life thing that I want. I want to uh, get better at ASL. I learned a little bit of it in college and I really connected with it. Um, I love the language 
and I want to get better at it and like be fluent in it. So do you, wanna... do you think like a future like TikTok video would be you rapping with ASL? I talk about ASL. Everyone says to rap with it. Like right. everything <laughs> without fail. You just Okay, fine. We're on original in our questions. All right, Charlie. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. It's not, it's not, I've never like geared it towards music, nor do I want it to be yeah. about music. I just okay. like the language and want to be able to communicate with people who can't hear um, or are deaf and be able to you know, speak their language or I guess sign their language. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just goes to show how sort of like ingrained my brain is. Like, like I ooh, can't, can you monetize this? Can ooh, you make can it you part of your this? Can you make it part of your art? Can you put like, a, like incorporate <laughs> into your TikTok? Let's go viral. Let's go viral. Let's go viral. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, you know. Yeah. I mean, I just took it in college as an elective and man, I just loved the deaf community in Chicago and just like going to deaf events and siding with everybody. It's It was super awesome. I just, I felt a really good connection with it. And that's like one of the only things outside of music that like I felt that for. So I, I like to keep it separate. I would like to keep it separate because yeah, I think really muddling it would make me kind of lose the love yeah. for it. Very valid. The most important question. The of most the important question. Should we do it like like popcorn, like ping pong? Boop, 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 boop. Wood. Wood. Oh, fuck. fuck. Okay, hold on. Wood. You. Oh, fuck. Wait. Shit. Okay, wait. Would uh, you be a pirate? No. And here's why. Okay. I saw Pirates of the Caribbean as a child, and I think it was one of the sequels. And there was one where they were all cold, and the dude like accidentally pulled his toe off. And that traumatized me for life. Yeah. That's at world's end. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought about it and just my feet always being wet would annoy me so much. Yeah, I couldn't do that. You should never listen to the song Another New World by Josh Ritter because the entire song is about them uh, going to the Arctic and freezing to death. Ah, no, it's <laughs> traumatic. <laughs> I can't do it. So, uh, no, but could I Could I be, uh, I, I'd explore space though. Ooh. Cool. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good... Yes, you're allowed. Uh, do you uh, do you have any tattoos? Banana, banana on my wrist. Is that your first? Uh, first and only. First so and far. only. Little but when the wrist. pandemic ends, I'm gonna get freaking tatted. Love hey. that. Freaking tatted. Love that. Huge. Um, but I got a banana on my wrist because I went to Vietnam and they they have all these like clothes that are just banana, like <laughs> a lot of clothes that just have all these bananas on them. There's a certain banana fabric, and it's everywhere. Um, so. To like remember the trip, I got a little banana tattooed on my wrist. Oh, that's really cute. Super cheap. Um, Super nice. What brought you to Vietnam? Life, exploring, traveling, having fun. You know. As it goes. What was your first concert that you attended? The first one I could actually remember, like for real, for real, going to is a Big Sean concert. Uh, And I couldn't go to a lot of concerts because, you know, I was raised as a Christian. So my parents wouldn't let me like, parents didn't even let me go to prom because unsaved music anyways um, oh wow yeah i was gonna say like leave room for jesus like too close to i forgot to tell you guys how my parent my, about my parents character progression and how they actually do support my music career and love me and say they're proud of me and it's crazy but you anyway can talk, you can speak on it now <gasps> our podcast is 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 non-chronological it's all good it's all good the the bottom line is that remember when i was talking about how i was afraid that they wouldn't support me because i 
you know, I was born a Christian and we were raised pretty strict and they wouldn't support an art, uh, an art career. They saw me perform at Messina Recital and like they've been supporting me and they saw me perform and then they started saying things like when Charlie's going to be famous. Mm-hmm. My mom calls me frequently to tell me the songs that she likes of mine. Like Aww. they they are fully in support That's now. Really cute. It's, it's a blessing and amazing. Like it's good to have your parents support when you're doing this stuff. That's so, like yeah. that's like movie level of wholesome. I don't know. I just feel like the, the parents coming around to that is just such a beautiful, mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I, I went to a Big Sean thing because um, it was like a public performance at uh, UNL, which is University of Nebraska Lincoln. And they had this open park, like this open canvas, campus, campus, uh, what's it called? When you have an open field on your campus or whatever. What's it called? We don't have a campus. So I have no idea. Uh, whatever in the campus on the campus there's like a big open field like but quad the quad, quad thank you, thank you. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Jesus. we learned that from monsters university i didn't have week, i yeah. didn't have any of that i went to school downtown chicago so right. uh it, it was like grant park was my quad <laughs> um so yeah uh there's like a free concert for the students and i just kind of like snuck in while i was in high school and watched yep nice that's awesome i love that do you have a go-to karaoke song there it is no but my favorite song that I've ever performed on karaoke was Girl, when you dance, there's a magic that must be love. That's horrible singing. Just take it slow, because we got so far to go. When you feel that heat, and we gonna ride the boogie. Share uh-huh. that beat of love. I want to rock with you. I want to rock with you. Yeah. All night. Dance you rock with you, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's awesome. Incredible. Favorite movie, favorite book, favorite TV show. Favorite movie. I don't have a favorite movie. I think of them as music. So like they just change over mm-hmm. time. That's fair. Yeah. Super fair. Um, it's a hard question. But just whatever comes to mind. Favorite it was the most recent favorite movie. 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 I like Marvel movies. So Ah, oh, so do we. Great. Great. Awesome. My favorite Marvel movie is probably Civil War, just because like, nice. Oh wow, that's a good one. Like, the that's introduction an of Black Panther and yeah. Spider Man, the intensity of it. Yeah. All TV show, Steven Universe. Yeah, nice. saw, yeah. That, saw that coming. Uh, what about a book? No, that's fair. That's valid. I'm so sorry. That's no, fair. That's, that's, a, that's an acceptable answer. Do you have a scar with a story? Yeah, I have a scar on my thigh, my left thigh, closer to my knee. Um, there's this this bunk bed that we had as a kid. We were kind of poor. Obviously, not obviously, but sorry. Anyways, we were I mean, six, six kids, a lot of kids. Yeah, six yeah. kids, a lot of kids. Um, not to mention my biological father left us, so we were very poor. But anyways, uh, we had this bunk bed um, that had like this metal, like little thing that stuck out that was kind of sharp. And it, I was really young, so it's hard to remember, but I fell off the bed and it like sliced my thigh open uh, like badly. And I was bleeding really bad. I didn't get stitches for it. <laughs> Um, however, there's still a scar to this day. Nice. It's gnarly. It's, it's very gnarly. gnarly. It's a gnarly. It's a gnarly one. Yeah. Charlie Curtis Beard, what are three thoughts you have at this very moment? At this very moment. I can't wait to drink some more with these guys. It's gonna be fun. Oh yeah. Number two is that this burrito was gonna smack. Yes. Woo! Burrito and root. This burrito was gonna be so freaking good. And then thought number three is that I'm gonna kick. Nate's butt in Super Smash Bros. There's nothing he can do about it. <laughs> thought number he thinks. four. He thinks. Oh, this guy's got four thoughts. This, this lighting is really, really cool right now. I don't know. You guys can't see it, but it's like the lights change colors. Lights change colors. And that's really cool. Thought number five is <laughs> back to Steven Universe because my mind just does that. 
And I like Steven Universe. And I like the background about the phone. Thought number six <laughs> is that I should probably check my phone soon because I'm addicted, uh, which is a problem. But I want to get better at it. Hey, step one is admitting there's a problem. Exactly. Thought number seven. <laughs> I go to the doctor and he said, I had attention deficit, high definition television. Man, this thing's huge. You could watch the game. On <laughs> you didn't see that TikTok? <laughs> Have you seen that TikTok? That's hilarious. I didn't even know. No, it's it's it's, I'm, I'm performing a TikTok, but it is my favorite TikTok of that all time. That is so funny. That's such a good What's thought number seven? Because now we're here. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you take the world record for most thoughts on the three thoughts in this. Yeah, most people hate moment. that question. You're you're just like, this is my time to shine. <laughs> we've never we've never had anybody. We've had people not hit three. Yeah, most people are like, I'm, I'm hungry, hungry, I'm hungry, and I'm hungry. Like and those I'm, are the yeah. three. Oh, I just I'm just talking what's on my mind right now. Oh, those pictures are really that's, cool. That's you know, awesome. <laughs> actually, to to get real for a second, I think that that in some ways is part of the skill of being a writer is actually learning what's on my mind right now. Like some people don't necessarily flex that muscle. And I think that's one of the the muscles you have to flex when you're writing is like, what is actually flowing through my thoughts and being able to put that into words is a very specific skill that I do not naturally have. I've spent the last couple of years trying to get better at that. Just being able to tell you what's on my mind right now. Me first Nate. Uh, uh, And on top of that, uh, uh, accepting the fact that not every thought is thought provoking and just fucking, Hey man, sometimes thoughts are shit and you just, Gotta get through the thought. You gotta get through the thought. Here comes the thought. That's another Steven Universe song. Ooh, I, love I gotta that. show it. <gasps> the song's so good. You guys are gonna love it. I I'm gonna wait. show them so many Steven Universe songs tonight, guys. <laughs> That's what do we got gone. next? That's wait, uh, uh, if you one, can't remember it in three seconds, no. It's one done. of my favorite. One. one of my favorite songs. <laughs> one of my favorite songs wrote with an artist named Lizzie Land, and she asked. Basic. It came from. She asked, "What is on your mind?" And I'm like, "I'm going to be entirely honest with you. I just read the entire Wikipedia page of Anne Boleyn. Something about like motherfuckers getting beheaded in like God. England." And she's like, "There's a song there, and we wrote it, and it's my favorite song." That's crazy. It's called "Losing My Head." It's called "Losing My Head." <laughs> it's a great song. Great session to write out this adventure that we've been on. Write us, Noah. I will. Um, what are you most proud of? Rain in Pasadena. Hey. Yeah, I'm really happy with that. I'm really happy that people like it the way they do. I'm really glad it was like received well. And like by in like by no means has it blown up. But like it's set the record for any release I've had thus far and it is single-handedly probably some of the best music I've ever written. Yeah. And I'm I'm super proud of it. Like really proud of it. Like yeah, like really proud of it. And I'm excited for people to like listen to it when they discover me. Yeah. And like if people were to ask me like, what music do you have? Like in, in a social gathering, I'd, I'd love to play Rain in Pasadena. It's, I'm so proud of it. It's my, it's my, it's my baby. It's beautiful. Have you ever thought about revisiting stuff you've done before? Like with what you know now to sort of like try to bring it to, to a new place? No. You know, you're like, you're, you're moving, you're, you're moving right along. Whatever is done is done. Something I realized a long time ago is that you know when you have like a really good thought and you're like, I'm going to save it for later when I have better resources or whatever? Nah. <laughs> Your best thoughts, you need to act on them now. Yeah. Um, Because you're always going to think of better stuff. Yeah. I remember I used to like have like lines that I would like try to save for later. No, I'm just going to use them. Like it makes no sense to do that. So I'm never in the past about it. Like whatever I made in the past is is done. It's there. That was my best work at the time. And that's the best I could do. And all that stuff I'm 
thinking of now is what I'm going to use now for my stuff now. I'm not going to lie to you. You're blowing my mind. I, I wish that I had that five years ago. I wish I had that a year ago. Like I, I'm just now getting to the point where if I have an idea, I execute it for so, for so long. That just has not been the case. And I think it's just such a, I agree with you. Like, I think it's such a better way to do things because it, it clears the cash to have new thoughts and better thoughts yeah. rather than, rather than revisiting old thoughts just to get the, them done. There's this Ed Sheeran quote that's like, if you're writing a shitty song, finish writing the shitty song so a little bit of that shitty song doesn't get in the next good song that you write. Mm. But I, it's, I've that's really, awesome. I've been really chewing on that one for the last couple months. Uh, and yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm very much, if we had had this interview six months earlier, I would be like, my jaw would be on the floor. I'd be <laughs> like, how? There was this one time in one of my earlier projects where I had this line. And I was like, the line came to me because I was thinking about this girl. And I was like, you know, what would I write to her if we were getting married? Like in my vows. And then I was like, okay, cool. I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember the line specifically. But it was like, I live in a world where there's only me, myself, and I. But I lost myself when I found you. And you were all, and then it was like, Something along those lines. And I love that line so much. And I was like, I'm going to save that for when we get married. And then I was like, wait, what? No, just put it in your music. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. just use that stuff right now. Like, get get that done with. Yeah. Anything in the past is done. It's done. And I don't think I should be spending time bettering my past when I can better my stuff currently. Huge. Well, I've spent the last month realizing things that I've had in my, like, idea column for the last three years just to be like, Okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to not be here anymore. Done, so I can move on. Like I'm current. Like I am currently like twenty five percent through just doing what I want. What I should have done when I had the idea three years ago. Yeah, I see. Um, yeah, it's yeah. You got a good brain, bud. You know, I mean, it's all. It's all. <laughs> I mean, it's all ping pong over here. But like. <laughs> It's it's a good it's a good you got a good way of looking at things. I really appreciate that. I can't wait to get more drunk. Oh boy. With you. All right, we got two more questions. You ready? I beat you in Super Smash Bros. We're never gonna get there, Nate. <laughs> we got two more questions. Can we make it? Can we can we make, make it. it. We can make it. Can we? Not if I can help it. What is important to you? You. Thank you. Wow. Moving on. Um <laughs> unless you like do you want you wanna answer? You wanna mm, chomp into that one a bit? No, go ahead. Okay. What are you looking forward to? Performing again. That's it. That's nice. it. That that fills me. I think people don't understand that performing is the the best feeling in the entire world. Nothing can beat it. Nothing. Nothing. Not one thing can beat it. Nothing. I'm trying to think of it and I can't. Performing is the single best feeling in the entire world. And that is 55 or 60% of the reason why I am an artist anyways. I well, love performing. Performing is, I'm now presencing and realizing, performing, missing performing so much is the, was the breaking point for me getting on TikTok. Like that for me, it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a cold virtual version of it, but it is, it was less than I was doing in my daily life. And I was just like, why do I feel so like unfulfilled? It's like, because I'm a fucking performer. Right. Like I was like the star of every play. Like I want to be the center of attention right. sometimes. So it's like, oh yeah, I love performing and I haven't been able to do it in a really long time. So I was like, oh, TikTok. Like that, it was, such a, it was just a way to fill that need. Noah wants to be the center of attention in a duo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's because he's the cute one, you know? Like that's the... Oh, he's the, the, Noah's the cute one of the duo. I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> what? I'll punch you in the punch face. Punch me, punch you in the face and make me better looking. That's what I'm saying. Punch you know? me in the face. Hey. Stop talking about yourself that way. Oh, yeah, it's okay. No, uh, listen, listen. I, I'm I'm the, I'm the a type. Noah's like accessible. 
I'm like, I would I'm argue like, that I'm also a type. My 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 <laughs> online dating history would very much reflect scientifically that I am in fact a type. I was say my 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 actual history would uh, would <laughs> reflect a similar thing. Uh, <laughs> I think here's what I think. Here's what I think. I think we should play Wii bowling. I yeah. think I should beat you in Super Smash Bros. I think we should have more to drink. But in conclusion, you're cute. I'm cute. What? You're cute. Yeah. We're, all cute. We're all cute. We're all cute. Yeah, we're all cute. A lot of I, people tell me on my TikTok too. So, you know, I'm, 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 I know that is also the fun part of TikTok. Is well, telling you you're here's the thing. I, I don't. I don't. I don't love being on TikTok. I love Noah's TikTok. I don't love being on TikTok. But my the thing I miss about going to shows and about performing is talking to people and networking and stuff. Which is why I've been trying to get better at like DMing people and like yeah. forming like friendships and stuff like this in Man. this weird area and this weird time, you know? I haven't been able to perform any of my music for the last almost two years. Yeah. I am ready. And that has nothing to do with the pandemic either. Yeah. Like I just didn't perform anything from 2020. I did it one time, once. I have so much me. Oh my God, I can't wait to perform. I can't wait. It's going to be so... Hey, whoever's listening to this, if you're a fan of me, you made it this far. You made it this far? Made it this Woo! far. Okay, first of all, we love you. Secondly, mark my words when I say that when I start performing again, it's going to be the best show you've ever Yo, seen. LA isn't ready for you. Like, yeah. straight up. Like, when you start playing in LA, it's going... Like, you need to, like... Like, you need to know that it's going to be panda fucking monium. I don't know about that. I'm just no, gonna have he, a lot of fun with it. <laughs> no, he, he, uh, no, mark, mark my words. We'll, we'll revisit this in a year and a half or whenever, like we're good to where wherever we're good to do shows. When people hear you, they're gonna lose their shit. With all that said, Charlie Curtis Universe Beard, it's been a pleasure to meet you. We are fans, Wouldn't and the thank you so much. Come before the Curtis though. Charlie Universe Curtis Beard. Yeah, I have two last names. I thought it was middle name. No, two oh. last names. Middle name Isaiah. Whoa. Okay, Charlie Isaiah. Universe Curtis Beard. Nice. It's incredible to meet you. We are we are fans. We are huge fans, and I look forward to to this future friendship collaboration, uh, Smash Bros. Uh, rivalry to come. So thank you, thank you for being here, bud. It's not a rivalry if it's one sided. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for having me. Oh my. listening to this episode of Talking Lion. We'd like to thank Isotope, The Truffleist, and our Patreon subscriber, Alan C., for their support. If you'd like to show your support, ask our guests your questions, talk to us on Discord, and get a shout-out at the end of each episode, subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash talkinglion. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.